Welcome to Blue Collar Love. My name is Samuel. And I'm Aaron. And today we have a special guest joining us, Ronnie Martin of Joy Electric Set Fantasy, Fox Glove Hunt, and countless other projects of fame and brother of Jason Martin, obviously. Thank you so much for joining us, Ronnie. Hey, thanks, guys. I, I'm really grateful. Thank you. So you guys may be wondering um, why we have Ronnie on here again, because there's only one Brothers Martin project. Well, Ronnie just released a new album under actually his his actual name as opposed to Joy Electric. And me and Aaron just got so excited about it. We're like, we got to do an episode about this. Ronnie was all on board to talk to us again. So we're just going to go ahead and dive right into some questions about his new album. So Aaron, have at it. All right. Well, as you probably know, if not, the name of the album is From the Womb of the Morning. The Do of Your Youth Will Be Yours. And we'll definitely talk about that title later. <laughs> later. <laughs> but first off, um, Ronnie, what made you um, want to release this album under your name as opposed to Joy Electric, Say Fantasy or any other your previous projects? Yeah, I, I think I think it was an opportunity to. Um just start with a blank slate and um, leave some of the, um, you know, still maintain some of the elements of Joy Electric, but in a sense, give me the opportunity to start over. And, you know, since Joy Electric, I've, I primarily do things under my own name, you know, podcasts and, you know, I've written some books now. And so it just seems to fit a little bit more into how, you know, people are knowing who I am, you know, as a person, as an artist and so it just felt like it was the right time to transition over to just using my less exciting name uh, than Joy Electric. So that that's why I rolled with it. Yeah. That's a totally fair thing. It's a, just kind of a transition life, as does happen. So with that said, and we may circle back. I want to hear about some of those books later in this interview. Um, do you ever plan on recording under the Joy Electric monitor moniker again? You know, I don't, I don't ever rule anything out, you know, um, there's a, there's a specific sound in some ways to joy electric, you know, even though it, it did morph through the years a little bit, but, um, you know, a little bit different than what I did for the solo album. So I have no idea. Um, there might be, a, you know, a season of my life where I get very enthusiastic about returning to that joy electric sound and really delving into something because maybe I have some songs that really align themselves with, with that sound or something. And so I don't rule anything out. Um, I have plans for three more solo albums that have already been written that are sort of in line with the one that was just released. So I, I do have some work left in the tank, um, for completing my, my solo vision here. So that, that is going to take me a few years to do. And after that, or, you know, who knows what the future holds well follow up to that i mean obvious question um can you give us any more details about those other albums yeah they're 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 thematic in the sense that i i am uh, i've been very influenced by what's called wisdom literature from scripture so books like the psalms and ecclesiastes and um proverbs and so i'm really drawing a lot of inspiration and content from those books and this was the first album in like i said a series of four albums that are really going to concentrate on that so it's taking 
It's taking concepts from the wisdom literature of the Bible, but doing them in the abstract. And so uh, From the Womb of the Morning was my first uh, attempt at, at that. So That is, okay, that is super exciting to me um, because I feel like <laughs> the, those books of the Bible's times, um, like, especially like Ecclesiastes and stuff, get overlooked so much. Mm. And they have like just great, like raw poetry, if nothing else. Mm. Like they have great wisdom in them. But yeah, so I'm really excited to hear some of that stuff. Um, do we get to hear like you do a, a rap battle album of Job? Because that'd be amazing. <laughs> um, you know, uh, probably not the rap battle, but uh, definitely con- some concepts from Job for sure. So it's uh, yeah, it's another book that would fall in line with some of that. And again, I like you just said really well, I, I'm just really, t- I'm. I'm just really taken in by the poetry of those books and um, just the beauty of those books and the truth. So, um, but I'm going to, I'm going to take conceptually some of the, some of the poetic elements. And like I said, create more of an abstract out of them as you can hear in the lyrics to uh, uh, from the womb. So, yeah. As I, okay. Just to, I mean, we got to stay here. You're just giving us so much to work here, Ronnie. I appreciate it. So, so um, <laughs> I used to, I used to be, as the, I've mentioned before, I used to be a pastor, Southern Baptist, a hellfire brimstone, all that. And now I'm agnostic and the wisdom <laughs> okay. books were always, um, and still are like Ecclesiastes is, was my favorite. So when you mentioned Ecclesiastes, I was like, yes, cause that's my favorite book still to this day, even though I'm agnostic, I love that. So from the womb, now you, you mentioned that it's going to be a concept for the, on um, those four albums is each one going to be a separate one or are they all just influenced by the wisdom books? Yeah, it, it's more of a combination. I think, you know, um, there's a song on the new record called, um, the daughters of song are brought low and that that came from ecclesiastes um so the first album is it kind of jumps all over a little bit the next record is going to be um purely it's it's going to come out come, come out of the psalms um exclusively so um so that's my focus for the next record and then the record after that is um it it's very similar it comes out of just you know various portions of, of wisdom literature so yeah it, it jumps all over although the the second record will be exclusively you know from the psalms so Rock okay. on. so so um why did you choose um velvet blue music to release this album and i know if you you've released albums obviously with tooth and nail indie on classic music and some other ones why this time with velvet blue and jeff cloud well i i had um I'd visited Jeff a few years ago. I was in California um, for a little while and I, Jeff and I kind of rekindled our friendship. Not that there was anything had gone bad with our friendship. We just um, not been as in touch as we had been in previous years. And I really had, I had the idea for these records in mind a couple of years ago and I, we just were talking and it wasn't so much what I chose, but he was, you know, he was, he, he was very interested in, in uh you know supporting this and supporting the vision and putting these out and you know just the reputation of vbm over the last gosh 25 plus years is just um you know what he what he has built and what his reputation is is releasing really creative and um, really artistic you know music it's it's just such a great fit and that doesn't even count our 30 plus year friendship that we've had, you know, that doesn't even count, you know, the years and years he was in joy electric and just all the work we've done over the years. 
And I just, I love what they do. Um, I love the way Jeff has just, um, you know, stuck with it and VBM just continues to grow and grow, but he's also remained, you know, very fiercely independent, you know, in the sense that he, he does what he wants to do. He releases the music that he enjoys. And, um, there is a, uh, there's a determination to do it the way he wants to do it. And that's, that's kind of a, uh, that's taken a page from, you know, old school labels, um, from the past and that I, that I really align with, you know, like mute records or warp records, you know? And so his rec, his label has always had that feel. And so I just was, I was really, I was really grateful that he wanted to work with me. I still am. And he's just done an amazing job so far, uh, with this record and, you know, just the, the, the marketing of it so far, the promotion of it, um, the distribution of it, it's, it's been amazing and I'm just really grateful and excited. So. Yeah. VBM has really uh, been on a, it's been getting a lot of notice in kind of our circle, the blue collar circle uh, the past few years because mm. of the release of vanity by Starfire, mm-hmm. uh, the release of your, um, Oh, why am I not the brothers Martin uh, Morella's forest. Morales forest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like so a lot yeah. of releases from this kind of circle. It's been really exciting. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I think it was fun to, you know, to see Jason kind of uh, make the shift, um, you know, to VBM from tooth and nail. And so I, 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 you know, I didn't, I don't know that I thought about it that closely other than it's, it's nice to be, you know, in some way, shape or form, you know, partnering with, with Jason again, at least we're, you know, we're back on the same label, you know, making records. So I, I, I don't mind that either. I like that. Speaking of the Jason reference and that's what we do here on this podcast. Um, we would be remiss to not mention this. Um, so Jason's last album, October, I think last year, September, October on Velvet Blue Music was In Search of Vanity. And you have a song on this album for what, Vanity? Any coincidence? Was that just a coincidence? Uh, yeah, totally. Because I, you know, <laughs> yeah, it was, I think we, we just used that that word vanity somehow. I, I This song, I, this is one of the, Vanity would be the oldest song on the record for me. I had that a couple of years. Really? Ago. Oh, and wow. So I thought it was, um, ironically enough, I don't even know that I told Jeff this, but when we were, um, when we were talking about, you know, a couple of singles to release that, that would have been a choice, but I didn't want to confuse releasing that as a single, given that Jason just released the vanity record. And so, um, we kind of held back, I held back from, from saying, Hey, let's use that as a single. Cause I think it's, it's a very obvious single on my record, but I didn't want there to be confusion either. So I, I just kind of pulled back on it. So I, you know, there's some irony for you, but if that's how we define irony, I, I don't know. <laughs> Hey, Ecclesiastes, vanity and vanity, chasing after the wind, right? There you go. That's where it comes. <laughs> That's right. Figure. I call it a very happy coincidence. <laughs> um, all right. So you've talked about the inspiration behind these albums. They're all coming from the wisdom books. I think that's super exciting. This album specifically, can you tell us about the inspiration behind the title of this release and maybe a couple specific things from those books you pulled in to this album the first album of your quadrilogy as it would well I, you know i'm i do not like um 
uh, I don't like derivative song titles, you know, um, so I've never been one to like short. So I like longer song titles and I, I always We've like, noticed. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I like titles of which you can't find a, a, another title that's just like it. Right. So, um, so I'm always in search of song titles of which you can't find a copy. And so when I, when I ran across that line, um, from the womb, um, it just, it struck me. It was so beautiful and so poetic and so, again, very, very abstract um, that it just struck me. And I thought this would be a great title for the for the album and um, just drawing some themes from it. You know, the album was written in 2020, you know, obviously during the height. Well, we're still in the height of covid that it's always been the height of covid. Right. But um, it was it was written in 2020 when, you know, covid had hit and there just was so much unsettledness and uncertainty and there was a hopefulness to that title to me um, that just struck me. And, you know, so the album was written with sort of an eye to, I, you know, I, I hope that we can emerge from this. Um, and I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, this isn't going to last forever. And so it was, it was just written out of kind of a, a melancholy hopefulness. And that, that title just struck me. And I can't quote you the psalm that it came from. I don't have it in front of me, but there was something um, there was something about it that really struck a chord with me. And I just I loved the way that I was I was imagining how it might look as as a title for the entire album, as well as being a title track. And somehow it I was able to get that title into the course of, you know, a song. And there you have it. It's it's all well, there. It's Psalm one ten three. I have it in right, front of right. me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, so but I, I know artists sometimes hate to be pinned down. But I'm gonna try. You can not if you don't want to answer it. That's fine. But sp- specifically, what does that title "From the Womb of the Morning" to do with your youth will be yours? What does that mean to you specifically? Well, I think if I if I'm remembering it correctly, you know, um, it's. It, it's um it's a psalm that is saying you know the you know what what which a lot of the psalms are pointing to is that the lord is our our refuge you know and our strength and there is there is a sense that god is always he's a renewing god so he's in the business of of renewing and restoring and so it had very much a uh, a feeling of renewal and restoration to me and i think that's what was that was that was kind of one of the more abstract meanings hidden beneath the poetry of it. I also love that term you just used a couple minutes ago, melancholy hope. If that doesn't define your entire music career, I don't know what <laughs> does. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a little bit of a, a paradox, but, you know, there it it's is. It's either that or punk rock. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, that, yeah, I, people, have, people have said that, so, yeah. All right, um, Ryan. So um, you said that you're satisfied, that you're happy with the marketing and the reception, everything that Velvet Blues and Jeff has been doing for this record. In your opinion, from what you've seen, how how has the reception to this album been, and what and what do you think about it? The reception. Well, yeah, it just, I mean, it just officially came out, you know, on Friday. So it's it's all brand new, and things are still coming in. And I, I've been really surprised, you know. Um, uh, you know, I'll say it like this, you know, Joy, I, I made a lot of difficult albums, 
with Joy Electric, and they were very they they were very niche, and they they were very in a they were entrenched in a very narrow lane. And I always understood that it was just the kind of music I was interested in making. When it came time to record, difficult. This, you meant amazing, right? You meant amazing, <laughs> but go ahead, go ahead. No, I didn't. I really didn't mean amazing. I, I did mean difficult. But um, I, you know, I think I think the songs were easy to to digest, and the you know the melodies and stuff, because that's just how I write. But I think I I didn't make it easy for people to listen to those records, and I think, you know, I wanted to make a record that um, was a little less challenging on the ears in the sense that I wanted it to be big. I wanted it to be cinematic. I wanted it to contain many of the elements of joy electric, but broaden those elements. And so, um, I knew as I was making it, it was going to be for people that struggled listening to joy electric. Um, I knew that if they would give this a listen, it would be much easier, even though they would hear a lot of similar elements in it. And so that so that is some of the feedback that I've gotten, which has been really nice because it, it's one of the things that I attempted to do was to make a really big record. Joy Electric records were kind of small because they were they were a little they were purposefully made kind of small, for lack of a better word, because I was influenced by bands that that were like that, like Kraftwerk and, and, and those types of things. But for this record, I really wanted something that, you know, almost was like could you know, could be part of a soundtrack, you know, in, in different places. So it's something that sounded wide and big. And, um, I mean, for better or worse, I achieved what I wanted to achieve with it. Um, and so the feedback has been good and it's been satisfying. I'm super grateful for it. I'm super grateful that people that, you know, believe it or not, people that say, man, I really struggled with Joy Electric for, you know, for different reasons. Um, some of that stuff was hard for me to get into, even though I appreciated it. But this record, you know, I've had it on repeat now for two straight days. So that that's satisfying to me as well. So I I do have to oh. say this is this album is like Joy Electric filtered through new wave pop. And I love that because I. I personally believe the best songs tend to be well-made pop songs a lot of times, just in different genres. Mm. Um, so I'm curious. Um, oh, go ahead, Aaron. Wait, wait, wait. Well, since you mentioned feedback, I just want to say something here. Um, yeah, piggybacking what you said, um, Ronnie. Um, yeah, I get it. Yeah, some of it was difficult. Like for me, Otherly Opus, I still struggle with that album. Mm, um, yeah. You know, um, but... And I get it, and I understand what you were doing with um, your vision for Joy Electric. And so when I listened to this, when I got this album, I was expecting another Joy Electric album. Um, well, I'm sorry, I got the single "Snow Like Wool," I believe it was. And I was, and I remember listening to it. And I was like, "Wow, this!" And like you were saying, that's exactly what I thought. I thought this is pop Joy Electric, and like mm. I'm so, sh I'm so struck how. Uh, well, okay, so you start with Rainbow Rider. Um, well, Dance House Children, Rainbow Rider, Joy Electric, Safe Fantasy, Foxglove Hunt, blah, 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 and now now under your own name. Um, it's amazing to me that although you obviously you have a t an aesthetic musically, that you're able to create something new like the, this album under your name. Yes, there's Joy Electric um, elements, but if I didn't know, somebody just gave me this album and was like, okay, listen to this, I would not have, got, I was like, oh, this is somebody probably influenced by Joy Electric. I, wouldn't have, I would not have thought this was a Ronnie Martin album. And I think that's really, 
hard to do, especially this late in your career, to mm. still just and just like Jason did with the Miami EP from a couple years ago. Like it's just like how are these Martin bro boys like twenty five <laughs> years later reinventing themselves and creating new sounds? You know, it's just like it's just like are, are the alchemists and from and, and specifically about what I was the title track on this album those <clears throat> those that percussive well I don't know what that is what you're using there a mood yeah, I don't either I don't either yeah. <laughs> but it's just I'm like it, it I don't want to say industrial but there's a lot heavier like drum percussive sounds and elements here and there's a lot of stuff that that we've never heard from you musically and you've made ton loads of music and it's just like you're using new sounds and it's just like it was refreshing i was like oh my gosh this is something new and i'm just like i'm very excited about the next albums because mm. usually by this end like people i love you too huge youtube fan unapologetically but they suck now and it's just crazy <laughs> how some people are able to like later in their career still make original and fresh music it's so hard to do I mean, Man, that's, like, that's really nice of you to say. So I that's that. all I'm gonna say. And so, yeah. I'm, yeah, I just really, I love it. I love the album. That's all I'm gonna say. Thanks Sam. so Go much. Ahead. Sorry. No, thank you. <laughs> no worries. So, with this album being so much more accessible, um, do you foresee yourself? I know you haven't toured for several several years. Do you see yourself, and maybe not touring, but doing like one-off concerts, maybe like a festival every once in a while, et cetera, to kind of branch us out and see what catches on um you know i there's no plans for that um and i'm i'm really busy with a bunch of other things um you know i, I don't i never rule out anything and in fact um you know it's funny i just got an offer to to do a festival at, at, right before this uh this interview happened um so you know um it would it would take a lot of work uh, to get to a place where we could, you know, we could put together something and it would, you know, it would have to include some joy electric songs. And so I, you know, I think it would just have to be at the right time when, when I could, you know, invest the time into putting together, you know, a show that would be, you know, uh, worth, worth seeing, I guess. And I, I, yeah, I think I would, I'd be tentative. I'd, I'd be, I feel hesitant about it. Um, you know, the, you know, the old guys going back and playing shows, it's never typically a great look on artists. So I, I would hate to fall. I, well, I mean, they never stop, right? but, uh, yeah. yeah. So if you never stop, I feel like you're okay. But, you know, I haven't played, I, it's been a decade, you know, for me and, you know, I, I don't want to embarrass myself either. Um, so yeah, I never rule out any possibility. Um, I, I think it would depend on the, the, the situation and maybe who else was on the bill. You know, um, it would be fun to play a show if, if uh, you know, there were some other artists there that were friends. And um, so who knows? Who knows what what could what could be uh, assembled, you know, over the next. I mean, couple. if we can get a starfire Ronnie martin show yeah <laughs> um i would be totally down with that jeff cloud can pay, play for both of you guys <laughs> dave was on too break dave alone he can play too <laughs> yeah i think uh you know i think something you know getting me and my brother together and 
you know, doing some Brothers Martin. I, you know, all of that I think would be really enjoyable. You know, I, th- I think there, I think there'd be a good fan base for it. And I, you know, I, who knows? Jason doesn't play shows. He hasn't played shows since 2004, really, with the exception of a some things with some other artists. But you know, who, who knows, right? Who knows? Yeah. All right, we're gonna get back to your album. Um, thank you for indulging us. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, which songs on this album, there's eight songs, any of them that you're particularly proud of? You're like, you guys need to pay attention to this. I really put a lot of effort into this bridge or this course or whatever. (laughs) Well, it's, it's funny. It's always the ones that you don't put as much effort in that turn out the best. And, um, the ones that you weren't really giving a lot of attention to, and they end up being the standout tracks. And, um, so ironically enough, the title track was the one that came together the quickest I spent, you know, the least amount of time on. And, um, you know, that, that might be my favorite track on the record. Um, I just, I love the, the, it has a lot of punch, a lot of power to it. And, uh, yeah, that was just a really satisfying song for me in a lot of ways. Um, and I, I really, I also love sort of the abstractness. There's a really, um, I would say the most, you know, artistic song on the record is Daughters of Song and where the drums kind of come in and out and it's, it kind of has this very like, you know, ambient feel. And then it has this very massive sort of drum breakdown at the end that I really enjoyed, um, recording. And so that one to me was really satisfying. Um, so I enjoyed that. And then I really like, um, Snow Like Wool, even though I don't I don't think it's the the greatest thing I've ever written in terms of just songwriting. Um, there was something about the 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 production. So I was really going for this very polished, shiny, um, immaculate, you know, 80s production, which you would have heard with bands like back in the day, like Talk Talk or, you know, Pet Shop Boys or these bands into this really, really shiny, polished pop. And I really wanted to do something like that with with some really artistic elements. And that one achieved that for me. So that one is really satisfying for me to listen to as well. So I'm curious. I will agree. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Sam. All right. So you got me thinking. You start talking about drums and stuff on a geeky note. Um, how much live instruments were on, were on this? Were there like guitars or drums on here or was it all strictly like keyboard production? Yeah, it's all programmed. It's 100% electronic. Um, the difference in the drums is that, you know, I always had a thing where, you know, all of my sounds had to be created, you know, individually on, on the analog synth. So that was always the joy electric mantra. And so what I did for this record is I still created some of my own drum sounds, but I, but I also combined them with some old school um, 80s drum machine sounds, which is why we achieved that really big kind of gated snare, massive, wide drum sound. So I really wanted that really, really big Phil Collins drum sound. And so I just expanded into using some of those kinds of sounds for the record, which is why it has that really that big sort of impactful feel. Well, you can never go wrong with Phil Collins, so. (laughs) Exactly. And and I I can, yeah, I agree with you. The title track is definitely my favorite song up here, too. And those big, those drum percussive sounds I was mentioned earlier, yeah, it sounds very big 
80s polish, you know, and I do the Daughters of the Song of Bart Lowe. I do like the, it's kind of acapella with electronics at the beginning, and then it yeah. does get very artsy, and I do love the progression of that one, too. It's it's a nice way to start off the second side of the, if you have the record, the first song mm, and the second yeah, side. Yeah. Um, it's a great way to um, um, kick that off. Um, mm, so, yeah, you. yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, I just wanted to stay that <laughs> yeah no I, I really appreciate that and, uh, that song was really that song meant a lot to me um and yeah so i gosh i you know i, I i'm fairly you know it's like anything any you listen you know you finish a record and you know you don't listen to it because you've heard it so many times you know you you are you are over it and so when i when i came back to it you know much later um i was surprised because i was still pretty satisfied you know, with most of the tracks, certainly I would change some things right now because you, you always can and you always would. Um, but it was a, it was a snapshot, you know, of, uh, a very intense songwriting, um, season for me in 2020. And that's what came out of it. And, um, so it was, it was really enjoyable. I really like the, the vocal variety to use different vocal effects too. So it's mm. a nice change up too. Uh, um, you. now next to the music. Okay. So we're in an age of streaming and you know disposable music and so me personally and a lot of people who are listening to this podcast to having physical copies of music are is important and like the 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 main reason why i listen to vinyl like obviously i don't hear a big difference between vinyl and cd Mm -hmm. I like the artwork, I like the large mm -hmm. artwork, I like the inserts, I like the artists who put that extra attention into our work. Saga Rose does a good job. Different bands do that. And this release is amazing. Mm. The final release, the, the trading cards with the lyrics, great idea. <laughs> the mm. large insert with the uh, more lyrics, just the, the album artwork too. And then if you have the deluxe version with the multicolored um, blue and orange, it's beautiful. And so... Mm. Thank you. So I really, I really appreciate the details to that because that's what art to me. Music should be a multi-sensory experience. You hear, you touch, you feel. So yeah, I, um, and I, and, I so agree. Yeah. And and so, can you talk to me about how the artwork came together? I know Nathan Schroeder, um, you know, was in charge of this, but can you talk about how that came about and what it all means? <laughs> Yeah, I I really love the way the art turned out. Again, that is, that is Nathan. I I fed him some ideas because I I always have some you know concepts, and I was really struck by uh, just Norwegian minimalist art, and that's what that is, and just um, sort of the imagery of the mountains and the sun, and um, the you know the colorful aspects of it. I I really enjoy. So I wanted something minimal. Because I love minimalism, um, especially artistic, you know, a minimalist art. And so um, I was just I had been I had been just looking at a lot of Norwegian minimalist art and I, I sent him some ideas and I said, can we can we do something like this? And I want it to be really very bright, very colorful. And that's what he that's what he came back with. And then, you know, uh, putting together trading cards and doing some of the sing, you know, he did the snow like wool single release and did a variation on those, on that art. And I, I just, I absolutely just was so, so satisfied with everything he came up with because I just think it fits. It just, it really fits the sound of the record to me in many ways. 
Um, and again, that's a hard thing to articulate other than it just, it all feels like it comes together. It, it, uh, there's a cohesion there between the art and the actual sound of the record. And so, yeah, I really couldn't be happier with the way the art turned out. And that's always a great thing to be able to say, you know, where you, you get the whole package and, um, you're just able to, to stand back and go, I just, I love the way it turned out. And I love working with people that, that can do beautiful things like, like Nathan does with, uh, with these sleeves. And what I love about Nathan too, is that he's, he's first off, he's just a, he's just a great human being and he, um, and he's so easy to work with and he just takes some of these concepts I have and he always makes them better. He always improves on what I'm asking him to do. And so it's just a joy. Do you, so, so the idea for the trading cards, was that Nathan's idea or Jeff's yeah. Yours? So Nathan, Nathan ran with that. I had no, yeah, I had no uh, ideas for him with that. That was, so, I actually was surprised by that. Um, I was, uh, Jeff at one point wrote me and said, Oh, by the way, we're doing trading cards. And I went, Oh, that's okay. That's awesome. <laughs> and uh, Nathan, I just, Nathan sent me the art for him and I went, Oh, okay. I'm like, well, that looks awesome. Great. You know? Um, so you that, know, that it's amazing. you know? Yeah. Like, with that one, so when I got on the, the the record in the mail and I took out everything, I just looked at it before I listened to it. I was just like, I love it already. Like, I, like even if I hated the music, I was like, this is just amazing. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, it's funny, yeah, I, I, you know, record sleeves are so important to me that I, I actually like some records where I can honestly say I don't love the music, but I love the sleeve so much it makes me like the record more. You know. And um, it's such a funny thing how important that is. I agree, but this is not one. The music's amazing too. But yeah, it's just a, it's just, it's just an all-around great thing. Um, so, um, so we talked earlier about um, how you're doing books and stuff, and um, we mentioned, I don't know, maybe we mentioned, I can't remember, but you're a pastor now. Does your congregants know about your music career? Well, Sorry yeah, I, <laughs> it's funny because I, you know, I don't, I don't ever talk about it, um, ever. And I don't, you know, I don't advertise, um, you know, to my congregation. Um, so it's just, it's something I do keep, I try to keep separate. Um, at the same time, you know, it, it social media. So how do you do that? You know, so I'm, you know, I do, you know, again, every artist now has a part in their own marketing because of social media now. Right. So you're going to, you're going to post, you know, when you have a new album out and you know, you're going to, you're going to get it to your, your followers and your social media followers. So, you know, in that sense, um, you know, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not advertising my record verbally to people in my congregation. I'm certainly not doing it from the platform, but they're, you know, they're seeing it, you know, as if they follow me on social media. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a little bit of it. There's a little bit of an awkward tension with that because, you know, I don't want to, you know, it, these records are, you know, to the, to the, to the average listener, these are strange records. Right. And so, you know, I, it's, it's difficult because I don't, I don't want to give people the wrong impression. Um, I'm okay with people understanding that I'm also an artist. Um, that's okay because I am. Um, but at the same time, um, when you do things that are a little more abstract, it usually requires an explanation because people can be so taken back by it if they see you in one particular light. And so I'm always, I'm always just a little concerned that, you know, somebody's going to come up to me on a Sunday and say, 
hey, by you know, by the way, I, I heard the record. Can you please tell me what on earth you're talking about? You know, and you know, whatever track number three, because I read the lyrics, and I'm more confused than I've ever been in my life, and I don't understand. Because what heavy metal shirts aren't funny. <laughs> well, in the, yeah, and, and so I'm I'm always I'm dreading that conversation because I'm not gonna you know I don't know how to articulate that other than to say well, you know, it's a little more stream of consciousness and you it's you know it doesn't have a it doesn't have necessarily one meaning and and then now i just sound like i'm being wishy-washy and i'm not it's just the way that i it's just the way that i you know create what i create so yeah there there's definitely i would say a you know a a subtle tension there for sure that's great um i'm it's so cool to hear all this stuff so kind of at the end of our questions here um so as a last minute thing, I always like to ask, do you have any other projects, um, any of your books you want to talk about, any other music you're excited about other than like the albums after this, um, anything at all that you want to plug? Oh, man, gosh, I don't know. Um, so I, you know, I love Christmas and um, I have a Christmas book coming out at the end of this year. And um, so I'm really excited about that. And it's actually going to be illustrated by uh, Nathan Schroeder. So um, so for people that like, you know, Advent books and things oh, of that nature. Oh, nice. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. So, um, so that, that'll be out this, this coming up, uh, this coming up year towards the end of the year. And then, um, also hoping that, that the, um, and I'll just drop this right here. You guys will be the first to hear about it. Um, also hoping to have a Christmas album come out by the end of the year. Yeah. So awesome. That I'm is always excited. super I'm exciting. I'm so excited about that. Oh, I love Christmas music. My favorite genre. Oh yeah. my gosh. Please. Yes. And I'm gonna get that Advent book too, because we do Advent. Oh, that's great. So I'm excited about those two things. And uh and that hopefully will be uh that album will be a little bit of a bridge, you know, hopefully before the uh the second one is is able to be released. Yeah. Rock on. That is super exciting. I, I'm I love Christmas. I was listening to a trans Siberian orchestra before I called you Man. today. So you go. I'm the guy like in March, I'll be listening to Joy Electric's magic of Christmas. Cause I listen to Christmas <laughs> music all year round. I have like, I don't even know, like 80 Christmas out every genre. I listen to it all year round and oh, it's great. I love it. So, another, so yeah. So Ronnie, another Ronnie Christmas album. I can't wait. This is going to be a great year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we won't keep uh, anyone waiting any longer. Yeah. Ronnie, thank you so much for talking to us tonight. We've had a blast. Oh, thanks uh, so yeah. much, guys. I, I so appreciate your kind support. It means yeah. Means last thanks. last time you let you you dropped about the Morales Forest album, and now this a book in a new Christmas album. Thanks, Ronnie. Keep pulling those rabbits out, man. We really All right. appreciate I'll it. Do my best. <laughs> thanks, fellas. All right. Well, thanks, Ronnie. Have a good night. All right, you too, guys. Bye-bye. All right. All right. Bye-bye. And, um, guys, once again, my name is Samuel. Thank you so much and for I'm, listening. And I'm Aaron. Bye-bye. This has been a Brothers Team Media production.